psychological thriller directed by Christopher Nolan and written by Christopher Nolan starring Leonardo DiCaprio and Alan Page um, and just an amazing cast uh, Killian Murphy, Ken Watanabe, a little bit of Michael Caine in there, Marianne Cotillard and it is about uh, people who go in to the mind and they either steal ideas from your dreams or they plant an idea and this is called Inception and then as the movie progresses, they start going into Killian Murphy's mind to try and plant this idea in him to tear down his empire. So that Ken Watanabe can basically take it over and make sure that... There might be some disagreements, but this is something that we'll get into. I think there's a lot of disagreements about the plot of the movie. Wait, mm -hmm. we're going to disagree about the basic plot? Yeah. First off? I think there's a lot of room for disagreement about okay. the basic plot. Okay. But... The entire and through this all, the other something I think we can agree on is that the main thing, Leonardo DiCaprio's character, uh, Cobb, uh, he is very concerned with what's going on in the mind and the dream world because his wife has died, and she is constantly coming back into dreams and just doing terrible things and ruining and killing people. And this is Marianne Cotillard. As spouses are wanting to mm -hmm. Yeah, as they are normally. So, um, basically, um, I thought this movie was fantastic. I thought it was amazing. I thought it was um, an accessible thinking man's movie. I thought that it was... It's really, really well done. It looks awesome. The characters are fantastic. Oh, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is in it as well. Um, the writing is very good. Um, I think we, we mentioned this a, a little bit, Stephen said it to me, is that the entire theater while we were watching it, and me and Tom have seen it twice, because it was just, I thought it was that good, um, was like silent, and thinking, and contemplating, and it was just, befuddled me. I've, I've never seen a theater that quiet, that concentrated on what was happening before. I was sitting next to the couple where the guy was explaining every little plot point to his girlfriend. But oh. We didn't have that experience. But, um, and it's, it really... You got the benefit of yeah. it. Yeah. So now you understand the now, now I know what's going on, because I have this guy yeah. explaining it. So. <laughs> but I do need to explain. I mean, I have a big bias, because I really like movies that philosophize like this, and are really trying to play with your mind, and... So I really, really, and I was looking forward to this movie, and I'm a huge Christopher Nolan fan, so I really, really like this movie, but I want to make sure that bias is out there, to understand that I, I wanted this movie to win, and be like amazing ahead of time, and I think it definitely did. Um, and I just think it's just pretty much wonderful across the board, as far as I'm concerned. Um, special effects, everything. It's just awesome. I don't know, like... What else to say, but what were your guys' general impressions? I don't know, I just saw Stephen's eyes do something. He said, wonderful. <laughs> well, go ahead, go ahead. Um, no, I, I don't think it's a... I don't think it's an issue to have a bias toward Christopher Nolan. I mean... No, he hasn't... He's earned it. The guy's got the best... I think he's got the best track record of any director. You know, probably one of the best track records in history, just in terms of the consistent quality of his movies. Mm -hmm. um, 
yeah, I've thoroughly enjoyed every single one of his movies. Um, they're not all perfect, but um, yeah, I'm pretty much. I mean, I have I have certain issues with Inception, um, most of which I can let go pretty easily because it, it's just such a phenomenal the way it's structured, and I mean, it's it's all about going into dreams and dreams within dreams, and it would be so easy for it to just get lost mm -hmm. in all of that, and it doesn't. It's so well structured. And I think at one point they're in like five different levels of reality or uh, dream reality. Occurring simultaneously. Yeah, occurring simultaneously. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In a way, it's all. It's. Yeah. The, I, think, I think it is wonderful, but. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I, I think it's a great movie. And criticism I have of it is nitpicking, but. Um, we'll get to the nitpicking. Yeah, I, it, I don't think it's a perfect movie. Um, and there are some logical holes that I had a hard time with. Uh -oh. um, which, you know, I mean, in a movie like this, for it to even have any sort of logic that holds together as well as it does is amazing. But uh, I was thinking about... Because the movie actually made me feel very uncomfortable. And I couldn't figure out what it was. And I figured out that by the end, this is what I was saying about the plot, I'm not sure what the plot was. There's three possibilities of what could what the plot could have been. Okay. Um, and it, it was almost like watching three movies simultaneously. One is that the, his wife, uh, Mal, right? Mal. Mal. Um, Firefly <laughs> creeping in there. Um, wife knock him right away. Yeah. <laughs> Captain of Firefly. Um, she could have been right. And they were they never escaped limbo. And she actually escaped. And she was actually coming back to try or mm -hmm. she was doing something to try to save him. Okay. That's okay. one story that, that could be that's one possibility. Okay. Um, the other possibility is that there, like, she did, uh, or she does die, like it says, and, or not said, like it shows, portrayed. Um, <laughs> it's just because of the screen. No, she this, is, this isn't in my show, it just doesn't tell you the we story. Assume she died. Yeah. Um, but he is still, someone is trying to plant inception in him. Someone's trying to do something. To like accept that. the death of his wife. Oh, gosh. Okay. So that's another possibility. And the other poss the final possibility is sort of more of a, actually there's almost four, more of a straightforward, um, what you see is what you get kind of thing. Except for the ending. Either he escaped or he didn't escape, and you don't really know. Um, whether that ending, escape. whether he's still in limbo at the end. Right. Or he's not. Right. So those are the, I guess it's a third one that's kind of one and a half. Well, not Limbo. Right. Because Limbo is the subconscious, unstructured dream state. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, he would have known if he was in... Well, it could have been I mean, just some creation. In Logic the movie, there's a difference between what they call Limbo and what they call a dream... A dream. State. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. But in, in Limbo, you can create the world as you see fit, right? Uh, and he could have that could he could have created that and the whole idea of limbo is you create your world 
and then get lost in it, forget that you created it. And that that could be what happened there at the end. He just created his world and then lost himself in it. Mm -hmm. And created it as real as possible. So he's, in, in its essence, performing inception on himself. That, that's actually, I think, the most likely plot. See, to me, um, I think that the plot and the point of the movie is exactly what's happening with you, is that I actually think it's a very... It's a very simple plot. It's very straightforward. But the way that they do it is that they make you doubt that it could be this simple, that it could be this straightforward. And in a way, they actually... The, what they're trying, you know, the, the thing that he's trying to put into his wife's head is that the world that you're in is not real. Mm -hmm. And what they're doing through the film is making you question whether what you're seeing whether the world that they're in is real. And so they're actually having you experience what these characters are experiencing, feel and think about and start to doubt these actual things when it is. What, what you see is quite simple. They, you know, he goes, they go into Killian Murphy's mind, they plant this thought in his head that he's going to dissolve his father's empire, they get out, um, he... You know, and through all those layers, it's it's a little bit more complex than that. But then he gets home, uh, Ken Watanabe makes a call, and he's able to see his kids again. And I think that the very end scene where he spins his little the little top, and it doesn't fall over, he doesn't show that to us to make us doubt what yeah. is actually a very simple, very straightforward plot. And it's also it's just kind reality. of a, a questioning of does it matter? Right, does it? Yeah. yeah. For, for him, I, I saw that scene as for him, he doesn't... Reality no longer matters, for, whether it's reality yeah. or not. He's willing to walk away from that? that. And just accept, accept that he can see his kids again, and he's at a point where he's not going to doubt or struggle with it anymore, whether it is. There's that scene with all of the five old men that come in every day, and the dream becomes the reality, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, the old, they, yeah. and he he makes that point that this is their reality. Does it matter which one? Who? To, when they, to get, go under when he goes yeah. through the the. Oh. When they're in Morocco, that. they go see the chemist, yeah. and then they go under. And the older African man says, "This." The there are twelve guys there, but is there twelve? I thought it was I five. Think, I remember them saying twelve. There's a oh, lot okay. of guys there. But it says I didn't see it a second time. I was, yeah. I was sorry. I was, I was thinking about like a border with, with these old guys in suits walking in and talking. I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking about. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, but doesn't don't all those? First of all, I I think this that it ended perfectly. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm not criticizing the ending. I think I, I think I think uh, I'm gonna be like this would be really difficult to end in a way that's satisfying. And you know, the end wasn't just satisfying, it was perfect. Mm -hmm. You know, leaving it. I mean, it, it's ambiguous, but to me it's also like such a happy ending, you know. Mm -hmm. But with shades of, you know, well, is this real or not? Um, but don't, don't all those like extra levels of what could be making a better movie? Yeah, no, I'm not saying oh, that. Yeah. That's not a detriment to movie. That's okay. that's the thing I loved about the movie. That it's it's like reading four different books at once. Mm -hmm. And and you know it, there's so I mean even on one level it's just about the process of making a movie. I mean it's 
it's brilliant. And yeah, that, I wasn't criticizing it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, that's the thing that I loved about the movie. And the reason during the movie I felt uncomfortable because you're not used to getting a story that way. Where there's literally several different stories all occurring at once to all the same characters. Several different, which I thought was awesome, was it would, especially once they get into Killian Murphy, they get into the first dream stage, like where they're, and the guy's driving around, and then they have the hotel, the second level, then they have the winter world, and then they go down into limbo. Um, and I thought that it was amazing to see, like, those three, they would have, like, two action scenes going on simultaneously in different worlds in different and it was this might in my opinion this might be Christopher Nolan's best directed film because and it, the way that that is worked out and played together and how they really? had that cut and some of the action sequences were some of the best action sequences I've ever seen yeah. That, that hallway <laughs> fight is amazing. The hallway fight. fight. Shifting, it's, shifting gravity. Yeah. Yeah. It's, how do you... That's mind-blowing just yeah. to think about how they could possibly make that happen. How do you write that as well? Do you just write world's awesomest fight scene in shifting <laughs> gravity? Like, I mean, because yeah. how do you choreograph... There's... Big spoiler alert. If you haven't seen it, there's a fight scene in a hallway where the hallway is turning. Well, gra gravity, is gravity itself shifting. Itself is shifting because... Yeah. Uh, in in the outside realm, the car is the car is, is is going back and forth around you know banking around turns and you know tumbling down a, a, an embankment. And as this is happening, uh, gravity in the dream is shifting as well. So they're falling into walls and they're falling on the ceiling and then falling like down the hallway. And, and they're fighting as they do this. Yeah. So they're kind of like it's Joseph Gordon Levitt's walking character. around a hallway, walking around a hall, fighting as they go around this hall, and he's using the advantage of gravity. But this, yeah, this scene uh, really made me wish that he had been originally cast as Spider-Man. Oh, Joseph Gordon Levitt. Yeah. That would be pretty cool. He would have been an amazing Spider-Man. Sorry. <laughs> Um, I thought that I thought that well I thought that in the first in this scene like confirmed that he would have been awesome. He would have been, been awesome if Christopher Nolan directed Spider Man. That would have been not that Spider Man's not a great movie. Yeah, no. Um Because Sam Raimi's a very good director of Spider Man. Most of the time, good. Yeah, mm -hmm. sometimes. Um, no, but I I love the I, I love the details. So many just well done details. Like in that in that fight scene, it's so obvious that uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt's character Arthur knows how to fight in shifting gravity. Mm -hmm. um, like, these, these, these guys he's fighting are just projections, but um, they are having a lot of trouble dealing with what's going on, with shifting gravity, and Arthur is just like... Well, it's also his, it's yeah. his dream. It's his right? dream. Or his arch See, I, it's his dream, yeah. It's his so dream he's, space. He's yeah. the architect of that dream. Is he the architect, or is this his dream? It's his dream. Because that's it's his separate. dream. The, but the architect was Adrian, or Ariadne. Ariadne, such an <laughs> awesome name. Was L Ellen Page? But she designed it all ahead of time, and right. then Arthur like populates it with the details. Right. Well, I thought, I, thought uh, I can't remember the names. Um, the guy they're trying to Killian Murphy. Inception. Yeah, Killian Murphy. 
I thought they were. I thought he's the one who populates it, no matter how far down they go. And that's why he puts, trying to get he him. He puts people in it, projections. Yeah. But the, as far as like the things, yeah, like that's, that's the same. It's hard. The the art and stuff like that, and the walls and things like that, the furniture, and the actual space that they're in, the clothes that they wear, that's designed by See, that, different people. There's a stairway sequence, right? And he's able to. I can't remember what the name of the stairway is, but he's able to run around and Penrose. use that. It's a Penrose, Penrose stairway. stairway. Um, he's able to use that, and I thought that's because it was his dream. It is his dream. But but Ellen Page was the architect in all three levels, wasn't mm -hmm. she? But each level was in a different person's mind, mind space. But in all Because they can't three all mind be spaces, in her mind space. They can't all be in one Okay, part. so it's In like, all three mind yeah. spaces were Killian Murphy's projections... Um, that we're trying to stop them. So it's like the hard drive, the software, the user. It's it's insane. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting. I, way I hadn't thought about it like that, but yeah. But so really like cool. one person is the hardware, mm -hmm. you know, to make it happen. The software designer. She's the software designer. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, Killian is awesome. the the user. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I thought. I mean, all of them. I mean, the hallway scene stands out. But even when they were first attacked with that car. And they're getting chased down. That seems pretty. Like the second time that we watched it, I realized just how cool that fight scene is. Because there's the moment when they catch that guy, like Joseph Gordon Levitt rams into him with the back of the taxi and like catches him between another car. Yeah. And his body just kind of flies out. <laughs> I mean, that was. And the chase. And when um, the chemist is being chased, the car chase is really cool. Um, and you oh, see, I had a problem there. That's one of my issues. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the ratio of bullets fired to uh, bullet wounds sustained yeah. was, it got a little on the unbelievable side. Yeah. I did I'd, I'd notice that a little bit when they were in Morocco. They're so close to the car. And he gets fired with like, so automatic much. weapons, like, I mean, like, yeah. from four feet away. And they're all in the car, and none of them get hit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well. I can get past because... Because it's cool. It's so awesome. Yeah. So that's not realistic. And, I mean, that's kind of a staple of an action movie. And this is as much an action movie as it is a... Mm -hmm. well, that's, that's one of the things I loved about it. Um, you were talking about the different like levels on which you can uh, interpret it and the different narrative levels, but like I love how it's like a psychological drama centered around... Leonardo DiCaprio's character, but at the same time, it's just like a straightforward, awesome action mm -hmm. movie, like heist flick. Mm -hmm. um, there's just so many levels on which you can enjoy it. Mm -hmm. At the same time, it's science fiction, mm -hmm. and you know the suspense is just like ratcheting up and ratcheting up. And, and the thing I was expecting, I was expecting something more like Primer. Have you seen Primer? Yeah. Yeah. Um, where you... It's a, it's an impossible movie to understand the person watching. I know. This wasn't. Yeah. Uh, this, I could see going to it once, which I have, but I want to see it again. Um, but I can see going to it once and uh, getting enough out of it to, be like, to have enjoyed it. Um, so I'm glad, I'm glad he was able to do that. Now thinking about that, I think one of the main things that really helped it, 
and I thought it would have bugged me, but the more I think about it, I, I called it an accessible thinking man's mm -hmm. movie, and I think that a lot of times he has a lot of moments where the characters will talk dialogue and pretty much blanket explain kind of what is going yeah. on, and initially I would have thought, why is he dumbing this down? But what he's really doing, I thought, was making it more accessible to a single viewing. Because that is yeah. one of the big problems with something like Primer, um, that you can't, you just can't. You can't sit down and you can't catch everything mm -hmm. the first time. You have to, I mean, I sat down and I watched it with you, and I had to have you, like, explain parts of what <laughs> in the world was going on. And even then, I was like, oh, fantastic, I still know nothing. And then, <laughs> but, you know, this is, there was a part of me that kind of wished that it could have been more like, say, one of his other movies, The Prestige, which just shows you a lot and leaves a lot that you really have to process and think through. But th him doing that really did allow me to fully enjoy and be able to start thinking about it complexly after a single viewing. So I thought that that was actually a really good, a really smart move in the writing. Yeah, and, and there was a lot of exposition in the dialogue. Um, Ellen Page's character acted a lot as like yeah. a surrogate for the audience. To it didn't. Yeah. It didn't. I was it's actually to watching it. I was surprised that it wasn't bothering me. Yeah. I was thinking, you know, this should. Be you noticed me. it. Yeah. I, I noticed it. I noticed it. I was like, this isn't bothering me as much as it would in another movie. Yeah. As <laughs> much as Last Airbender, which was like making me angry. <laughs> when they were directly explained. When yeah. they were like, yeah. And, and I, we I, are going to walk over there now. Let's walk over there now. You know? <laughs> I mean. And I, I think you're right, having Ellen Page's character really helped. Mm -hmm. He's a character who's just learning everything. Right. Um, who's trying to learn everything about Cobb and um, trying to work all these things out. What did you guys think about the characters? Because I thought that, well, that... Yeah, all of them. That's one of the things that I didn't like. This is one of my nitpicks. Okay. He... Cobb opens up to... Ariadne? Ariadne? Ariadne. Ariadne. Pretty easily. He, like, just, this is what's going on mm -hmm. with me. He doesn't fight too much. A little bit, but not too much. In a way that, like, people that he's known for years... So, he's set up as a character that's very closed in. But yet, he opens up to her very easily. And yeah, I wasn't sure but what... But she had just seen his subconscious. But even before that, he's telling her things that was pretty... Mm -hmm. uh, which... I didn't really see a reason for that much openness. That mm -hmm. the, that relationship just sort of went a little too quickly for me. Um, I, I'll I'll agree with you on that. I I do get the sense that Arthur Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character knows a lot about what's going on in Cobb. Yeah. He probably doesn't know the ex he obviously doesn't know that Cobb performed Inception on his own wife. Mm -hmm. um, right. He doesn't know that, but he does know that he is a risk with Maul coming in, and he does know that he is unable to control her somewhat. And I suspect he probably knows what he's doing with keeping her in his memories. And things like that. I suspect. But, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. That felt a little bit like somewhat like a device so that we can understand what's happening yeah. with Cobb. And I, it, it wasn't, like, so yeah. distracting that... Um, it's not a bad device. No, it, it just... It was, like like I said, these are nitpicks. And things that, looking back, I can say, well, okay, that was something that was kind of a little bit sketchy for me in the yeah. movie. 
doesn't detract from the film as a whole, especially in viewing it. I, I, did, I was like, I didn't really have a problem with it. But uh, I mean, my biggest problem was when she goes in, when he's sleeping, she gets into his dream, right? And she rides the elevator down, and she meets him, and then he doesn't like immediately kick her out. Yeah, he's not like freaked out. He keeps showing her other memories mm -hmm. and allows her to stay there. That was literally that. That was my biggest problem with the film is. Why wouldn't he be like, you shouldn't be here? That seemed out of character for him. Yeah. But that was my thing. But what did you think, Tom, of... Maybe I was thinking more like all the characters. Like, how did you feel about how they all played out? Uh... Sorry, I, my response wasn't good enough for you. No, your response was very... It, it handled an, an important <laughs> thing that we need to talk about, but... You know. I, I really... <laughs> I was actually really pleasantly surprised by the supporting cast. Mm -hmm and how much they were given to do. Yes. Um, I love, I love, this is Leonardo DiCaprio, he's the main character, okay? Um, which, I mean, he, he's good, like, I'm on board with him now, I wasn't on board with him for a long time as, as a movie star, but um, I, think, I think he's a little overshadowed by his Shutter Island yeah. performance and character. Um, so I was thinking a lot about Shutter Island during this movie. Yeah, they're strangely similar movies, like plot very lines. similar characters. I was hoping yeah. that it wasn't gonna. <laughs> I, I was really nervous that at the end it was gonna turn out to be uh, they're like it was obvious that they're all trying to get him out. It would be like, okay, this is some better version of Shutter Island. Well, I I, I really loved Shutter Island. I did too. I think, but I think DiCaprio gave a much better performance in that one than in this movie. But it's not that big a deal for me. Yeah. Because I, I like his character and uh, the supporting cast around him, like, um, I love that there's uh, a hint, they, they don't go into it, but there's like a hint of an attraction between Arthur and Ariadne. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I like when they do things like that for supporting characters and not like with the main character. You know, like, because if, if, if they'd tried to develop some kind of romantic plot line between um, Cobb and Ariadne, that would have been just yeah. terrible. Yeah. Um, and I like that they don't go off on, like, a tangent about yeah. it. Like, it's just a hint, like you And said. that would have been the easy thing to do, because she's, like, really inside his head. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, yeah well, um, <laughs> an, an intelligent, beautiful woman. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, I, I love how, like, you got... Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character has this whole, like, segment is, like, just about him, like, in the mm -hmm. hotel, where he's mm -hmm. trying to, you know, everybody else is in a different realm, but he's here, he's doing, like, the, the shifting gravity fight. At the same time, like, Tom Hardy's character, the, um, the, the forger. The forger. Yeah. yeah. Was given, so he was, like, he was, like, the James Bond character yeah. in, in the, in the, uh, the Arctic, you know, fortress yeah. part. Oh, and that fight scene, that... I was watching that and I was thinking to myself, it's so cool to see somebody finally do like a good skiing, like snow fight scene. Yeah. Because people try to do that a lot in movies and they just look lame. I don't know if you saw this <laughs> interview with Christopher Nolan where he basically said that this was like his version of a James Bond movie. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, That's what I, th I thought of. It was one of the Roger Moore movies where they have a James Bond like skiing fight scene. Uh, and it's Viva like, Kill. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's terrible. Like the really? worst. I enjoy it. I think it's so lame. Like it, I, just, I it doesn't it. look like real stunts. It looks lame, but this was so cool. Um, 
Yeah, but I love that that sequence has a very a very like James Bond yeah. mm -hmm. atmosphere to it, which is awesome. And like the scene in the hotel has more of like a I don't know I don't want to say it, it's it's a lot more of a sci-fi thriller yeah. kind of atmosphere to it. And uh, the film noir like in the streets with the rain. He's just doing so much in this movie, mm -hmm. but it all works. Well, I want to bring up my biggest problem with the movie, and that was the music. The music, I, I don't know, it was awful. Like, I, awful. yeah, it was terrible. I had a really hard, I had to like push it aside, and I, it just, it felt very well, stilted and didn't it didn't crescendo with the scene and I, I just I had a, I had a really hard time and, and uh, Hans Zimmer did the score right? this is Hans Zimmer he's he's great I don't know what happened but I I really really dislike the the score for this well this this I've been noticing this a lot lately in movies like this that the scores are starting to sound like um, it's that kind of like uh, very quick short string Staccato. Yeah. Um, like, The Dark Knight was a little more nuanced about it. Mm -hmm. But, like, I mean, going back to even just, like, Spider-Man, I mean, Danny Elfman pretty much started this whole yeah. thing, but it's like a lot of these thrillers uh, have that same kind of sound to it, and this just sounded like another thriller score to me. Yeah. I wasn't bothered by it, because mm -hmm. um, I, I like the sound of it, and even though I know it's like... Basically the same thing I've heard a dozen times already. Mm -hmm. I just like the sound of it. I think it, I think it fits the, the tone of the movie well. So I, didn't, I wasn't bothered by it, but I wasn't blown away by it. Yeah, see, that's I, I didn't think it fit the movie at all, really. And I, I was kind of torn, not because I didn't feel like it fit the movie, but I felt like it was constant. And I do feel like what you said, it wasn't very nuanced. Maybe, maybe you're, yeah. that's it, yeah. Because the movie is, has a very, you know... Tension relax, tension relax kind of mm -hmm. feel to it. And yeah, it's it's sort of just level. It's the score was just level. It didn't And I feel like, like it was over, I don't know, I might have been wrong, but I feel like it was there almost wasn't a moment when there wasn't a score. I felt like yeah. it was almost over the entire film. Like I was watching it, there was constantly the score was constantly playing over. Mm -hmm. And so that's just the way that I felt that I but it didn't bother me. I feel that way with Hans Zimmer sometimes, because some of his movies stand out so much, like Sherlock Holmes. Mm -hmm. um, Which has an amazing yeah, score. Where yeah. it just sounded so different from anything he'd done before. And then there's a movie like this, where it sounds like a Hans Zimmer score. Mm -hmm. um, which, Hans Zimmer scores that sound like, just sound like James Newton Howard scores, or sound like a Danny Elfman scores, you know, they, yeah. all, they all start sounding like. But, um, I don't know. Didn't really something that I really appreciated about this film that I was kind of I mean we mentioned like all of these you have all these big name actors and frequently it's tempting to not give them a lot to do I was really worried that Ken Watanabe was going to have very little to do mm -hmm. it was going to be like yes, his yeah. his Batman Begins where he's just in there for a very small moment yeah, I was surprised by how but he had a lot to do I mean, he's he's there from beginning to end yeah and Killian Murphy once he comes in it's good. He, he actually has a lot to do. I was really worried, again, they are just going to give him something small, and you weren't going to see a lot of them, but 
he eventually becomes part of the team and <laughs> kind of they trick him and it's really sorry cool. for him after a while. Yeah. I, I have to say, mm -hmm. I, I really enjoyed the way they built like I was like, you know, really emotionally invested in all of these people. Yeah. And really yes. wanted them to succeed. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. by the time they're in the, 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 the last level before limbo, it's like this is such this is such a great like espionage movie, mm -hmm. but this team is such a such a weird espionage team. It's so like ragtag. Yeah. But by this time, I'm so invested with each of these characters, and I didn't like. I thought Ken Watanabe's character is just gonna be like a villain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know. He's not. And that Killian Murphy's character is gonna be like this unlikable, you know, corporate brat. Yeah. Brat. Yeah. And yeah. Not at all. They're or that Tom Berenger's character was gonna be the evil lawyer. Even Tom Berenger, yeah. 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 I was really worried. It was fantastic, I'm, yeah. Knowing Christopher Nolan and how seriously he takes his movies, I doubt there will be a sequel to this. Um, at least not one sanctioned by him. But I'd really love to see this group of actors together again. Mm -hmm. uh, they had the perfect sort of chemistry where they didn't yes. feel mm -hmm. like they that's were rare. all on the same, you know, it wasn't like uh, Reservoir Dogs, where they all had that same kind of feel mm -hmm. to them, um, which worked in that, but they all felt very, very different, but worked together really well. There's and tension between Eames and Arthur, Tom Hardy and Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, that never really gets explained, and I felt yeah. it didn't need to be, because it just felt like right. the little bit of natural tension in a group that kind mm -hmm. of happens. There's two people who kind of get at each other. I'm sure Joseph Gordon-Levitt's an asshole. Well, yeah, he's a big jerk. <laughs> and that's that's kind of like along the lines of what I was saying with like Arthur and Ariadne's character, where yeah. they, they they have these hints these yeah. hints of yeah. unique relationships, um, but they don't really need to develop them all the way. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the actors had enough chemistry with each other to make that yeah. work. Well, you, and, you, you and care for every single one of the characters. To have that oh. to have that level of chemistry with uh, an ensemble, not just not just like you know. Two people, mm -hmm. but uh, the whole ensemble to have such chemistry like that is phenomenal. Yeah, and I really, I really like the sense of like camaraderie that there was by the end. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I really, I wasn't expecting it, but this movie made me really feel good. Yeah, so he wins in the end. He, he gets back to his kids. Uh, it has a happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's. Just, we're going to add Inception to our rankings. Um, so here we go. And our first, our first ranking is I should put on my glasses so I can see what I'm looking at here. <laughs> Tropic Thunder versus Inception. And uh, this is easy. Inception. Right. This is going to yeah. be difficult because almost every I know I doubt that right now I'm really feel, I mean Trump oh maybe crap <laughs> <laughs> actually you owe me I still can't get on I don't know to pick this uh, but yeah I know I owe you this yeah. is uh, I'm actually really the Fellowship of that. the Ring versus Inception and um, Stephen is going to be torn I I oh god I have to go with Lord of the Rings Lord of the Rings I mean yeah yeah I Fellowship of the Rings let me pick Trump of Thunder. What? No, I'm not going to pick Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder is fun. Not yeah. as good as Inception. Yeah, I mean, what? Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings is, is in a class by itself. 
Fellowship of the Ring is one of those movies, it's really, really hard to beat for me. Yeah. Okay. Hey, so, hey, wait. <laughs> what Nate? It doesn't matter what you have to say. Yeah, <laughs> I know it doesn't matter, it's majority rules. Yes. But I feel like I should be allowed to complain. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, I agree, Fellowship of the Ring is better than Inception. It's, it's just, there's something about the scale of it is so good. Yeah. Uh, train spotting versus Inception. This is easy for me, though. Train spotting is, is a is a great movie, but yeah, I love Inception so much. I just I can't. Yeah, I'd have to go. I'd probably have to go. You know, Train spotting doesn't make me. It doesn't like make me think honestly as much. The thing that I love about Inception is what is it? We each time we come out of theater, it's made me want to talk about it. It's made me want to think like just. It's made me want to go and tell people about it. I came out of train spotting. I did not feel that way. You don't have to tell anybody. You just want to go take a shower. Yeah. <laughs> it's really well made. Train spotting. Yeah. How was it? Uh. Yeah. <laughs> it was good. Yeah. Did they want to enjoy it? Yeah. It's a good movie. <laughs> okay. So Inception. Inception. Yeah. Inception. Mm -hmm. Um. So now we're just gonna do some random rankings. Keep going. For fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Alright, got there's something about Mary versus Castaway. Uh Castaway. Castaway. Castaway for me. Okay. Despite yeah. yeah, I know it's it's weird because it's so long that I like I, I always sit down and I'm like, I don't wanna watch it, but it's better than there's something about Mary. I had a professor who hated Castaway. Said it was the worst movie ever made. <laughs> and would like rail on it over an entire the entire semester. Just Constantly talking about how this? terrible uh, Shakespeare. Why did he hate it? He said it was pointless. Was there was no point to it. It was pointless. Not I'm not arguing with your professor. I, I know. It's I don't know. But I mean, it was sort of a just constantly every chance he get at least three or four times per class he'd go off for like five minutes about how terrible. I don't know. Castaway is one that like the more I think back on it, the better I like it. Yeah. Like better than the first time I saw it. It's it's an amazing performance, and Wilson should have been nominated for an Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's way more complex than it has any right to be. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Or Castaway yeah. movie, but yeah. Anyway, Castaway wins. Uh, oh, Christopher. Oh, wins. closer. Actually, versus closer versus prestige. versus prestige. I haven't seen Closer. Oh, oh so I have to click on. I have not seen it. Okay. Oh. The oh, mask gosh. versus prestige. The mask versus the prestige. What to do? What to do? Really? That, no. Oh. I'm just in well, I mean, you might be a huge fan of the mask. It's uh, happy I mean, Christopher Nolan mode. The, I mean, the Prestige is. Oh. It's one of those movies. Every time I watch it, yeah, I'm I'm so engaged from start to finish, mm -hmm. and I'm like I've seen it almost half a dozen times now, and every time I'm still like trying to figure out what's going on. Mm -hmm. And I actually like I think I, I think the Prestige might be a better movie than Inception for me though. I mean, I'm, just because I'm, I'm I'm a lot more emotionally involved. With the characters mm -hmm. and going on that I am in Inception. I need I, I need to give time, yeah. like let yeah. myself get some distance from Inception before I feel like I can honestly make that decision. Right. Because I'm so high on Inception right now. Um, yeah. That. But the similarities. I know that Inception. Every time I watch it from now on, it's just going to be like one of those movies that just blows me away. Yeah. yeah. I th I think I mean the Prestige is arguably. I also think it's a really good performance by Christian Bale mm -hmm. and Hugh Jackman. Again, really good ensemble. Yeah. This should be interesting. We got Fahrenheit 9-11 versus Avatar. 
Ooh. <laughs> we have an avatar uh, hater over here. Fahrenheit 9-11 is... I don't even consider it a movie. It's a propaganda piece. Uh, are, are we Michael Moore haters here? I'm not. A I'm not a Michael Moore hater. No, I, I, I enjoy. This I stuff. just like this one. Yeah. Because it's it's a propaganda piece and not. I don't literally. I don't consider it a movie. Um, I mean, and a, a lot of what he does, there's a definite bias, and he doesn't show you all the all the yeah. evidence. But the good, like capitalism, a love story. It's prob I saw that. That's one of his. Definitely one of his weaker. It's not as good as Sicko mm -hmm. or Bowling for Columbine. I really like capitalism. I thought it was funny, but it showed me nothing new. You know what I mean? No, and I have no he problem was... with his bias. Uh, yeah. I mean, I even essentially agree with the premise of the film. Mm -hmm. But I just, I feel like he's just putting propaganda out. That's it. Yeah, I have no love for George W. Bush, but I felt like I, I have a real hard time enjoying something where it's just an attack on yeah. a single person. On a single person. Like, for Bowling for Combine or Sitco or Capitalism, it's like, it's, it's more about an idea. It's an issue. An issue. And this was more just like, you know, tear down the president. Kind yeah. Of thing. So... Well, Roger and me is very good, too. Yeah. I really like Roger. But this is definitely his, his least mm -hmm. movie. Mm -hmm. So... Oh, Av I'm, Avatar. I'm definitely going with Avatar. Uh, yeah, and Avatar. I... I like Avatar. Avatar is a good movie. It's good. It's not this... It's monumental in what it did do for special effects. Um, its technical achievements are amazing. Technical achievements are amazing. I argue that it, and the things that they had to do for 3D, but technically it's not the first movie to really use uh, 3D ungimmicky. I actually think that Coraline. Actually, I was thinking that too. Was the first I movie. I, didn't, I saw Coraline, but I didn't see it. Yeah. To use Coraline it without is, a gimmick. Yeah. Um, and really and it well. Frequently and gets forgotten. Yeah. That Coraline, Coraline is did amazing. that. Um, but Av and Avatar is amazing for doing that, for using 3D not as a gimmick, but as a sense of depth and a sense of new way to do lighting. Um, it's really, really good. And the story's the story's decent. It's nothing. It's it's yeah, not it's socially good. revolutionary as <laughs> James Cameron asserts really that it is. Yeah. 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 But it's good, and the action is still cool. It's yeah. cool. It's fun. Okay. Yeah. It's a good movie. Steve, what was your choice? Was yeah. it Avatar? I, I, I you abstain. No, no Steve, you cannot abstain. Avatar is, is the better made film. Okay. <laughs> no, you need to look and say Avatar is better. No, I didn't say it's better. I said it's the better made. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, oh. We got Toy Story 2 versus Silent Hill. Did you just try clicking on Silent Hill? No, 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 no. What are you doing? Have we all seen Silent Hill? I have seen Silent Hill. I've seen Silent Hill. Okay, I've seen yeah. it as well. Uh, I... Toy Story 2. Toy Story yeah. 2, easily. I thought Silent Hill was awful. I don't, I don't think it's horrible, but... I don't think it's awful. I think it was... I watched it, like, late at night, and <laughs> I had nothing else to do, and I wasn't expecting anything out of it. Yeah. And it was fun to watch. Yeah, really I have no reason fun. to buy it or watch it again. Well, but it was in, a lot in, in a way, horror is fun to watch. Goodwill Hunting versus Garden State. This is actually an interesting matchup. Uh, two sort of young screenwriters mm -hmm. or scriptwriters. Um, Although Zach Graff is kind of. You think he's a superstar? I think I think he's great in Scrubs, but his and Garden State was good, but he hasn't really done a movie since then, and I'm kind of starting to doubt his acting See ability. See the, the last kiss, done. right? That's. that's 
Yeah, it's the last clip. Yes. No. It's actually it's decent. I haven't seen him do anything else than his JD kind of the slightly depressed, kind of weird, quirky sense of humor single guy. Yeah. I um, didn't think he was that good in Garden State. I thought I I enjoyed it pretty thoroughly, but I didn't think his performance was that great in it. The fact that he wrote and directed though. Yeah. Is to me what was impressive. And I love the soundtrack. State. Oh, and um, what he did with the soundtrack, yeah. Baker Sarsgaard and... But Good Will Hunting um, is... I mean... Good Will Hunting is the better movie for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's a it's a great movie. From, from start to finish. From start to all finish, the characters. It's very good. It's not predictable. It's not, you know, yeah. I mean, it doesn't... I feel like I have certain problems with it, but I, I'm not sure what they are. Like, I'm just, <laughs> last, last time I watched it, I was like, there's something about the way Good. this ends that I'm just not... See, they're both have that kind of indie movie feel. And they're both kind of oh, the indie movie. Oh, I really didn't movie. like the way Garden State ended. Um, but Goodwill Hunting is the indie movie that sort of transcends the indie movie. Um, are you saying indie or indie? Indie. Oh, I thought uh, you were saying indie. Like, independent. independent. Yeah, independent, mm -hmm. independent film. They're both... At least they start out that way, and then, but Goodwill Hunting sort of goes beyond that. So that's for me why I think it's yeah. And the, the performances are better in my mind yeah. than Goodwill Hunting. Yeah. We'll probably do one more. Do one more. Seven versus Iron Man. Seven versus Iron Man. This is a good one to end on. Um, for me, this isn't hard. For me, it's seven. Seven is fantastic. Um, I think it might be David Fincher's best film. It might be Brad Pitt's best performance. Um, and Morgan Freeman. And still, every time that ending to Seven is so disturbing, it was so surprising um, to me that, spoiler alert again, if you haven't seen this, that Kevin Spacey, like, this entire time makes, sets this all up, and then makes it so that Brad Pitt will kill him. So that he yeah. is his own victim. And, and there's, just, there's no way it could end any other way. Oh, which is yeah. I mean, that's... Mm -hmm. yeah. And it, it handles... It really kind of pushed serial killer movies for me to a new level. Like, it handles mm -hmm. the kind of yeah. just disturbing and... Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I, I think I actually watched... The first time I watched Seven, I think I watched it with my mom. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I don't know what was going through her head, but I think some of the stuff was so horrible that... I didn't, it, it wasn't registering in my head. I mean, this is like, I was in high school. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And it, it just wasn't, I remember, I remember watching the first time, and like the second time I watched, I was like, this is what was happening in this movie? That, I, I feel that same way too after I watched like, the first some, time. Some, I blocked some, some 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 crap yeah. out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the, the lust. The lust thing. Segment particularly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I blocked it out the first time I saw it, but the second time I was like, this is the most horrible thing I've ever yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah, it is a brilliant yeah. movie. Um, Iron Man's, Iron Man's cool, awesome. Though. Iron Man's cool. Yeah. Iron Man's awesome, but Seven is yeah. like mm -hmm. immaculate filmmaking. Yeah. And in, in in the end, Iron Man is another entry, like kind of into recently really good comic book movies, and it's very good. One yeah. of the best. It's, it's but it's just yeah, to me, it's another entry into it where Seven is something more. It might be the best. In my serial killer kind of thriller film ever. Okay, so we're going with seven. Yep. So next week we're going to see uh, Salt.
Hooray. Um, starring <laughs> Angelina Jolie and Liv Schreiber. I never know how to pronounce uh, his name. But I, I don't think it as matters. Um, no, Shuetel Ejiofor. Oh, it's it's Chuetel Ejiofor. Chuetel Ejiofor. Uh, directed by Philip Noyce, who also directed, uh, he directed Patriot Games and Clear Present Danger, okay. yeah. and Quite American and Rabbit Proof Fence, which are very yeah. good. And then he's as also well directed, as The Saint. As well as The Saint. And <laughs> Slugger. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I am not looking forward to this at all. The only reason I'm seeing it is because there's nothing else to go see. Uh, if there was literally anything else, um, I probably would go see that instead. I was well, go see Ramona and Jesus. Uh, that probably won't be playing here, so <laughs> I doubt it. Um, I was actually this no, actually we're not going to go watch Ramona and Jesus. <laughs> okay, no. Uh, I thought do that three grown men. He was I, being hyperbolic when he said anything. No, no, I thought Dinner for Schmucks was coming out against this. I don't I, like, it actually I got me excited. Yeah. Dinner, I would have gone for, seen Dinner for, for Schmucks, yeah. Yeah. which yeah. I haven't been. Yeah. So um, it looks like it might be a, a funny movie, but yeah. So any. Any thoughts on salt? Salt? Yeah. Uh, Why aren't you looking forward to it? <laughs> it's not what are you looking forward to. What aren't you looking forward here's to? Here's the thing about salt. When I first when I first read about it, I was like, okay, this could be an enjoyable like action thriller. I, I kind of I've enjoyed Angelina Jolie in the past, like in these kind of like action movies, but there's just I think there's been like an oversaturation of marketing for it, and it's not it, it's. it's Annoying marketing at the same mm -hmm. time, so it's just like my sort of apathetic feeling toward it is now like an antipathetic feeling toward it, and I really was hoping I could just not go see it, but um, that's why it's they written by the guy who wrote Equilibrium, so yeah, Kurt Wimmer. Probably why they chose the weekend they chose. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm not excited for this film because I literally we just seen it, we just seen Inception and we got here <laughs> oh today gosh. and we were like all right well what's coming out next week and we literally had no idea and then we were told that it was this and so right. I mean Can I see Inception again yeah, yeah I literally didn't even know it was coming out I don't give crap about the plot I am not drawn in I don't know. I mean this this was a movie that it was originally supposed to be. It was supposed to be Tom Cruise and Angelina Jolie's role, and then he turned it down for Night and Day. So either way, he wasn't going to do too well. <laughs> um, but I'm really not... I don't know, and it doesn't seem... I will tell you this, the first time I saw the trailer, the very first time, now I've seen it, like like you said, it's been so, like a hundred times, I was kind of like, oh, that's slightly interesting. She doesn't realize she's a spy. But as I've continued to see the trailer, it looks like to me that she's just, it's going to have some kind of wildly unpredictable, impossible ending that doesn't make sense, um, or that's just going to be stupid and dumb, and the action doesn't look like anything that I would, that's going to actually, that I'm going to care about. It just doesn't look exciting. very, very mediocre. Looks generic, yeah. Um, not even, you know, ridiculously bad like Last Airbender. It just looks like... Absolutely, run-of-the-mill, 
you may like wait for this thing to end. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I can't even get angry at it. It's just, there's nothing nothing there. Um, and I don't know, I think although Angelina Jolie has done roles like this before, I for some reason in the previews she does not fit the role at all. Um, from what I've seen in the previews. I'm um, feeling that way about her a lot. Yeah. I think she's just becoming too big outside of. Yeah, I guess the problem is I haven't seen her in her, you know, lesser high pro or lower profile roles. Like I didn't see a Mighty Heart or. Um, mm -hmm. Changeling. I didn't see Changeling. Change. She was very good in Changeling. So uh, I just don't know what I'm talking about. Well, even that at the beginning, until she sort of won me over as a character, she was distracting. Mm -hmm. um, so. Let's talk about some of the other stuff that... You wanted to talk a little bit yeah. about the Facebook movie. The... Because the, 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 the I would much rather be seeing that. I'm excited for the well, <laughs> Yeah, well, okay. If, if we are going to do this. Um, first See, we of can't all, even talk okay. about Salt for like... This is like... Alright. Here's, here's the thing about the social network. It's the movie about the beginning of Facebook. Or the inception. Mark Zuckerberg. Of Facebook. Um, mm -hmm. Alright. First of all, you hear that there's a, they're making a movie about Facebook, and you're like, what? <laughs> and then you hear, you hear that it's directed by David Fincher and written by Aaron Sorkin. And you're like, what? what? But <laughs> in a good way. You yeah. know? And then I saw the trailer, and I was like, I don't know. I don't know if it's just like too soon for me to, I don't know. What, is this, what does this take place? Like five years ago? Yeah, I mean, yeah, right? And like it, it's being it's being built up as like almost like a thriller kind of thing, and like there's all this like I just don't. It's I don't know. I, mean, I, when, I remember when JFK came out, and I was like, isn't yeah. it too soon for that? <laughs> I mean, but in the trailer, the, the way the trailer started out was pretty cool, and I think that would have been a good teaser. Where it's just like I, I like that like you can't always get what you want style, mm -hmm. uh, Radiohead creep mm -hmm. song that they're doing, um, and just like showing bits from Facebook and all that, and I don't know, it would have been a good teaser, but then they went to like the, they actually trailer, showed it, yeah. and I was like, I just, nothing about it was like, making me want to watch this movie, it just, it felt like such, it almost felt like a fake trailer for something, like, if I had been like, okay, I'm gonna make this joke, where there's, yeah. where there's this really intense, movie about where Facebook came from. So and I'm gonna use, humor. Right, and I'm gonna use bits of other movies and put it together into a trailer about the beginning of Facebook. That's what this trailer felt like. Yeah. See I I actually I'm intrigued by the fact that they're doing it so close to when it actually to what to when's actually happened. Mm -hmm. I'm really intrigued because to me I see that and I think to myself, it feels almost like what we'd call writing, like metafiction. So I don't know if yeah. we can start calling this meta film, but actually, like, taking something that has literally happened not that long ago, it's almost present time. Right. Mm -hmm. And writing something, and Facebook's going to still continue on the internet, no matter what. Yeah. And, but I do think that this, it's just, it's, it's interesting. So I, I'm intrigued, but I was kind of, when I, when I first, yeah, the, the trailer kind of does seem to be pushing a little bit towards, I don't know. Did you see uh, Pirates of Silicon Valley? 
with no, no, no that, Wiley. That's about um, Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs and Bill Gates, Bill Gates and their tango back in the 80s, uh, early 70s. Uh, that did the similar thing, although it was still like 15 years or so before mm -hmm. the movie was made, so it had more span than that. Um, and I that actually enjoyed that quite a bit, and it did it really well without... Um, it showed what happened without like intentionally stepping on toes. Mm -hmm. um, but this is so soon, and it's still a war that's raging. It's yeah. not like it's over. Right. Um, there's still people. I mean, Google now is trying to take down Facebook. I'm like, I'm like on Facebook now. I'm like, what kind of illicit activities are going on around this site that <laughs> I'm like part of because I'm using it. <laughs> and um, well, the other thing is, Mark Zuckerberg is a very interesting. Is that person. Jesse Eisenberg's character? Yeah. Okay. yeah. He's a very, he's a very isolating. He, mm -hmm. he is, he doesn't. And so I'm actually just interested just to kind of see. Jesse Eisenberg's take on him because his the way that they're portraying him looks fascinating.